0: Welcome to the Life-Changing Principles podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. We all have different coping styles when things get hard. I have a friend who copes with stressful days by smoking weed. I have a daughter who's a computer programmer and she uses the rubber duck coping method with me. She'll call me up and I'll just listen to her like I'm a rubber duck and in the process of her explaining her whole problem, she ends up solving it herself. Some people make pro-con lists. Others live in constant overwhelm and complain about everything but then do nothing about it. I've got a friend who meditates. I've got a friend who talks to her therapist. I've got a friend who copes with her kid's misbehavior by using logical consequences that she learned in a parenting class. Everyone has a a bank of resources that they have at their disposal at any given moment. And then they have what's in front of them, what the situation is demanding from them. We're always moving along this continuum of what we have and what we're resourced with and what stressors are coming our way. If we're just moving along in our lives and suddenly a new stressor comes along, we may have the coping resources to deal with that, to deal with what that particular situation demands. If several stressors come along right in a row at the same time, or if the stressor is quite large and maybe we don't know how to deal with it, the demands of the situation may overwhelm our current coping resources. So if we wanna sustain resilience and stay resilient, we need to either eliminate stressors or we need to build up our resources. We can really do both. Managing our stressors or our stress level is one way to fix that balance of what we're capable of and what our coping pool of resources is and keeping it above the stress level that we have. So one of the ways we can manage our stress level is to see our stressors or our stress level as a set of layers. We don't just get stressed out about one big thing. It's usually that we have a lot of little things that build up over time. So when we can take a look at each tiny little stressor and solve individual little layers, it's creating a baseline where we can operate from because we have enough coping mechanisms to deal with a little bit less stress. So getting rid of even tiny things, tiny stressors in our lives can actually make a big difference. We can control some of our stressors, but we really can't control all of them. So the other side of the equation, the other thing we need to pay attention to is coping. How can we build our coping repertoire? There's actually a bigger question than that. How can we experience and understand and be aware of the coping repertoire that we already have? We all have ways to cope and we all have resources that we can call up when we're involved in a stressful situation. Executive and life coaches do something called appreciative inquiry, where they take a look at where you're already doing well, what you're already foundationally doing okay in, and then they bring that to the problem at hand, the goal that you wanna do, the something that you wanna achieve, or the problem that you're having. And they do this with questions. So at its heart, it's a search for what's best in the people, what is already working. Questions like, so when have you performed well in the past? What made that possible? What are you good at? What's been a high point experience for you? When have you felt most alive, successful and effective? What do you bring to the table? Tell me about a time that you really nailed it. Other questions might include, what's going well in your life right now? What else is going well? And what else? What's worked for you in the past in similar situations? so when you face this kind of obstacle before how did you overcome it tell me about a time when you faced difficulty and beat it how did you do that get creative what other resources could you tap into right now what can you do to broaden your current resources all of these questions take a look at the positive side of what's happening in your life when we start thinking about resilience, we're facing some kind of adversity or problem or setback. So when we're looking at that problem or adversity or setback, that's, that's all that we're looking at. It's in the front of our lives. It's in front of and taking up all of our vision. If we can ask questions that instead look at the baseline of positivity and the baseline of good and the baseline of stability that's already happening in our lives... It gives us solid ground to stand on so we can move forward and start looking at how to cope with this difficulty, knowing that we've already coped with stuff in the past. And knowing that standing on this solid positive ground broadens our perspective and helps us to figure out new ideas and ways to look at it and brings us more energy in the process. Barbara Fredrickson did some research on positive emotions and what she found is that positive emotions when you're experiencing them actually broaden your vision they broaden your literal vision and they broaden the number of ideas you can come up with the number of ways you can think out of the box and creatively use an object anytime you're currently experiencing a positive emotion You think of more things and have more options at your disposal than if you're experiencing a negative emotion in the moment. Her research is related to these questions, what we're asking, where we try to pull forth what's going good in our lives. Because when we realize that everything's not going bad, our whole life is not falling apart, that there are actually some things that we're doing okay in, it not only reminds us that there is some stability there, it helps us to broaden our options. It literally helps us to see more when we start from a baseline of competence and what's going well in our lives. So once you've called up the coping resources and the mechanisms and the skills and and the positivity and the baseline of support and other things that you already have, once you've called that to mind that These are your resources. This is what you already have. You're halfway there. You're working from a basis of strength. Once you've tapped into your strength, the first half of that, knowing where you're standing from a, from a basis of strength and power. Once you're working from a place where you're aware of your strengths and you're aware of your coping resources, the next thing we can do is build those coping resources. How do we do that, especially when they're right in the middle of struggle? One of the ways to do that is to slowly build our resources over time, to take whatever situation we're coping with right now to meet it head on, to actively cope with it, to deal with it, and then afterwards to take a minute and figure out what we learned, what went well about it, why that part went well, what was it about how we approached that that made it go okay? What didn't go well? What did we learn from the whole situation? When we can ask ourselves those questions and put it into words, it solidifies our learning and adds to our bank of coping techniques that we can call upon, our coping resources that we have. All of us have acquired and need to continue to acquire coping resources, things that we know how to do. Some of those might be skills in problem solving Skills in how to communicate with other people. Maybe it's a teaching skill that you have or something that you can create. All kinds of skills we need in order to handle what life throws at us. Another set of coping mechanisms that we need to develop are emotional skills. Our lives are filled with the ups and downs of everyday living, the ups and downs of fighting stress, the ups and downs of coping with adversity that comes at us. And the more we can figure out how to handle our stress response, how to handle our emotional skills, the better we are at our relationships and with coping in general. Each time we learn a specific emotional skill, it carries with us forever. So each time we're building a skill, it's like adding to our mass. It's like adding to something in our backpack that no one can ever take away from us. There's a book called Adulting, How to Become a Grown-Up in 468, and then that's crossed out, 535 easy-ish steps. I love that book because it makes it seem like becoming an adult, sure, it's going to take some time. You've got to have a lot of coping skills, a lot of things that you need to know how to do in your adulting backpack, which is great. We all need to learn how to do those things, but it also makes them countable, like, there's a finite number of things that you need to do in order to learn how to adult. It's the same with our coping skills or our coping backpack or our coping resource. We don't have to be fully resourced. We don't have to know everything, but we can stand from a basis of what we do know, and each experience in our lives can teach us something else. Randall Wright is a speaker that talks about how we need to fulfill our life's mission, that none of us were sent here to just be cheerleaders, that we all have something that's powerful and important for each of us to do, and that we get to decide what that is. One of the techniques he uses in discovering that life mission and also in building the resources to call it forth and to to make it happen is something called a three-word journal. Basically, we take the life experiences that we have and then we learn something from them. He calls it a three-word journal because he titles every story in his life that he writes down with just three words. For example, I have one called Sherry Lake Powell Swimming, and that calls to mind a story that has a little life lesson with it, and it's not going to remind me of any other story. Those three words narrow it down to the one story that is going to pull up from my mind. The reason he just puts it into three words is that he can use those titles in his speeches in other places where he can remember what they are. And he just has a list of these titles. Then he'll take each one and he'll write it down. Takes a few minutes to just write out the story. At the end of the story or that life experience, he'll ask himself, what did I learn? It's fascinating to see the list of things that I've learned in the stories that I've written. Some of them are like, Just because you have a college degree doesn't mean you have any common sense. Or asking basic, seemingly obvious questions can get to the root of a lot of things. Or cut teenagers some slack, it takes some time for them to grow up. Or daddy long legs don't feel like mosquitoes when they land on you. When we take the time to put the lesson learned into words, it helps us to not only remember it better, but also to process it in our mind, to make it an actual resource, because we've taken the time to think about it and and to make words for it. So we all have a coping style. We all have things that we do to call forth what we have within us when we need to face hard times. We can start from a baseline of what we already know and each experience can build little pieces of resilience, little pieces of coping techniques and coping style so that we can expand our repertoire of coping. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.